Okay, so I have two questions for you guys. Number one, in Harry Potter 7 Part 1, why is the WB logo like something from Silent Hill? <laughs> why is it like rusting and squeaking and creaking <laughs> as it zooms in on it? That doesn't really fit the movie in any way. Well, to answer that question, I would call you back to the first movie where there is a theory that Harry Potter is just a kid who lives under the stairs who goes no, to no, St. Mungo's School for the Criminally Insane. <laughs> no. All of this is in his head, which I would say there's a nice bookend in this movie at the very end where they confirm that when they're at the Heavenly King's Cross station where Harry says, is this all real or is it just happening inside my head? Dumbledore says, of course it's happening inside your head, Harry. Why should that mean that it's not real? <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's his, his brain confirming that the whole seven years was a hallucination, but also, hey, it's better than real life. <laughs> I don't see why that means the WB logo would be like creaky and rusty, though. He said it's like Silent Hill. Oh, That's I see. That's what Silent so Hill is all about. It's an intentional nod to Silent Hill. You're in your own personal hell. Exactly. Which is what Dumbledore also confirms when he's like, what does this place look like to you? Which is just like in Silent yeah, yeah. Hill. Yeah. Literally, I wrote that note. <laughs> He's like, it always looks like this for me. In Silent Hill 2, James Sunderland sees this house on fire on the inside. And he's like, oh, it's hot in here. And Angela's like, oh, you see that too? It's always like this for me. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, proves that both Harry and Dumbledore are trapped in their own personal hells inside their head. But also Dumbledore's not real, so it doesn't matter. He's in Harry's head. (laughs) Maybe he's an instructor at St. Mungo's School for Criminally Incurable Boys. You never know. I I think it was St. Brutus, (laughs) actually. St. Mungo's the one who does the the wizarding hospital. (laughs) Right, right. It's St. Brutus's school for the criminally insane. Criminally incurable. (laughs) But wouldn't that be a criminality on the part of the doctors? Like, (laughs) No, criminally incurable means that it would be a crime to... To cure, to cure no, him. no, he's so bad. We we just don't even want to cure him. He's he's a menace. Now that we've started off the episode with some really light, not deep, weird at all theories, yeah, some wow. of the, you know everyone can get on board with and understand pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we're, we're here to talk about theories. In fact, we're here to celebrate the twenty year anniversary of Harry Potter one, which was Yay. like eight months ago. <laughs> we've been celebrating <laughs> we've been it for eight for months. <laughs> well, then, guys, I mean, how how do we celebrate the 20 year anniversary of Harry Potter one by going over a bunch of crazy fan theories and ruining everyone's favorite characters? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Popcorn Isn't Real. I'm Leif Eric. I'm here with Torvald and Brita. Hi. That's me. So we're going to be covering our favorite Harry Potter theories. Including, but not limited to, the theory that Ron cast the Imperius curse on Hermione multiple times throughout their relationship. So if you like Ron, don't 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 listen to this episode. But if you don't like Ron, oh boy, there's some meat in this episode to chew on. Next theory, Hagrid, he's a Death Eater. He's working with Voldemort, and he has been all along, and it's clear as day the more you watch the movies. We also have a theory that Snape was Harry's father, his biological father. I think, honestly, after watching these two movies, it's a little brazen of you to even call it a theory. I know, seriously. (laughs) And to to round everything out, the final theory is that the great but late Dumbledore was the world's most evil wizard. He was the darkest wizard of them all. Or at the very least, criminally incompetent. (laughs) Incompetent and He needs to go to St. Mungo's Brutus' school. (laughs) Yes. So with these four theories, I wanted to really quick go over, I think, how well we've done so far on them. 
we've got some really good evidence to show that Ron's maybe has some questionable personality traits and decisions that he's made. And we have some evidence to show that Hermione's acted strange and that there was an opportunity for him to cast the Imperious Curse on her. So I don't know that that one's proven, but it's it's got some good stuff behind it. There was ample opportunity for him to have learned the Imperious Curse, and other characters in-universe seem to assume that he knows the Imperious Curse, or <laughs> at least knows one. about it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but one who would know if, if Ron did know. <laughs> as far as the Hagrid is a Death Eater theory, I think that we have some really good evidence for that one, actually, in Book 4 and 5. Almost incontrovertible. It is the most solid theory we've got. As far as the Snape is uh, Harry's father theory, I think we've shown some interesting moments where he's shown really sincere concern for Harry and also some really interesting lines that maybe could be understood a different way or sound like they want, they're talking about James, but maybe they're really talking about Snape. Regarding those curious lines that you mentioned, if you actually think about them, they're, <laughs> they're not, not that, that curious, curious at all. At all. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one, Dumbledore. I think we've proven that Dumbledore's a pretty bad person, but I will say I do not understand why. <laughs> like, according no. to any, like, the reality or our theories, I don't understand why he's doing some of the really awful things he's doing. No, and just because this is the very last theory i just want in case we never credited some of these people the hermione or ron put the imperious curse on hermione originally i got that theory from reddit from reddit user emperor death bunny and the snape was harry's father that's just original that's essentially confirmed that's our own theory haggard's a death eater is from reddit user whoop spelled w-h-o-o-f-p-h <laughs> in this episode we're, we've got a double feature we're going to be covering harry potter Seven, part one, and Harry Potter seven, part two. Yes, better known as Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part one and two. Spoilers, if you haven't seen or read these movies, we're going to spoil everything for you. If Harry is in fact a horcrux, as we find out in these movies, does that mean that he is and has been indestructible all along, just like all the other horcruxes? Right, that's why Dumbledore says Voldemort has to kill him, like it can't be anyone else. The reason Dumbledore says that is because... Voldemort, because he took Harry's blood into his body, cannot kill Harry. And that's why Voldemort has to be the one to kill Harry, according to Dumbledore's plan, because he doesn't want Harry to actually die. Oh, okay. I see. They could have just had like Hermione do it and it would have served the same purpose then. <laughs> right. But then Harry, Harry would have been actually would've dead. Would have died. Yeah, well, except that like... Avada Kedavra shouldn't destroy a Horcrux, but maybe it's different no. if a Horcrux is a living it is thing. Alive. So they could have just Avada kedavra that snake. <laughs> Okay, so I want to start our discussion of this movie with the start of this movie, which is Hermione at her parents' house, right? And she's getting ready to go off on this journey to fight Voldemort. Are you sure? and she that is that really in this movie? Yeah, it may have happened several <laughs> movies earlier, but they show it here. <laughs> okay, so yeah, um, it is part of this movie, but part of our theory is that this happened a long time ago and that she yep. is being or controlled least, against her will by Ron to do this, <laughs> to right? To do this. Yeah, maybe, Possibly. Yeah, I don't know about that. It explains a lot, like why she never lives at her home again after the yep. fourth movie and she's always at Ron's house. At Ron's, right. yep. And um, they go out of their way to show that one of the things that Ron does is force Hermione to obliviate people. Uh, <laughs> they, yes, they do. So. Yeah, that's true. We'll get to that. <laughs> But I did just want to comment on her very powerful rendition of the spell Obliviate that not only apparently 
just messed with their memories of Hermione Dude. and nothing else. But <laughs> also Olivier is crazy. Erased all pictures of her and like anything in the house that referred to her and left just a ton of empty picture frames that her parents are going to be like, why did we put those up? <laughs> <laughs> and then shortly after that, the Death Eaters have a meeting about killing yeah. Harry Potter. Dude, dinner and, and a floating lady. So that floating lady over the table, I have seen her in real life and she was so fake looking. <laughs> she was like <laughs> the worst prop ever. It was you like are this... being so <laughs> insulting to that no. actor. That Whenever actor. there's a close up like, of her, she's a real Tool person. Voldy, so happy to see you. <laughs> no. He's like, You're oh, like, oh, she you look, look fake. Why are you kidding with that accent? So I mean. <laughs> she was trying to like, you know, greet people at the studio tour. I was just like, no. Nah. <laughs> this poor lady. <laughs> she couldn't no, get no, any no. other jobs after this. So in, in the close ups, it's, it's a real actress who I have not met, <laughs> but in whatever there's like a faraway shot, it's this like, you know, crappy prop. prop that they just hung over the table and they've got the table set up with the crappy prop hung over it with the Aww. like this crappy snake slithering up to it. It's really good. Uh, Voldemort takes Lucius's wand, which I would say is a good choice. If I was going to take someone's wand, I would take Lucius's. It's a cool wand. And then Voldemort breaks off the cool thing from it. <laughs> Every single time I've watched this movie until now, I thought Voldemort just took Lucius's wand and snapped it in half. Just <laughs> yeah, like a power play. it does seem like that. <laughs> then he but just yeah, no, he takes goes around the, the table and is like, can I have your wand now? <laughs> your wand. <laughs> like, no, Voldemort, don't disarm your entire inner circle. That would explain why when his army charges Hogwarts later, they're not using their wands. No. They don't seem to have any. <laughs> At least He's so scared of them. He's like, man, if I leave these guys with wands, they might hurt You could me. use them against me. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I don't think you can just get a new wand anymore because Ollivander's got like closed and ransacked. He's not the only wand supplier in the world. And Hermione specifically says... Everyone gets their wands from all yeah. around us. You don't think that's just hyperbole? Hermione would not lie. Just Every single person. <laughs> Snape delivers some intelligence to Voldemort and is like, hey, they're moving Harry tomorrow. And then one of the other Death Eaters is like, no, 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 no. It's like next week. What are you talking about? Voldemort doesn't even listen to the other Death Eater. And it's just like, yes, okay, Snape. They're moving him tomorrow. You could say this is because Snape is, you know, the coolest guy ever and he's Voldemort's right-hand man and he killed Dumbledore, so of course Voldemort trusts him. But I would say it's because Voldemort already has a man on the inside who is helping to move Harry, who is a big, mm -hmm. unmistakable man named Hagrid, and he's yeah, already yeah. confirmed this for Voldemort. So Voldemort's just like, yes, I know. <laughs> They're moving him tomorrow. I went to a lot of trouble to try to find out how Snape knew that date. There are two theories. One is just that he knew because he was a member of the order. And right. I was like, well, and they that's just a never, they didn't kick him out. <laughs> so like, well, he's a member. He may have killed the leader of the order. <laughs> still got to let him know. That <laughs> uh, makes him exactly. the new leader, I think. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and the other more probable theory is that we know from the books that he was the one to come up with the seven Harry Potter plan with the polyjuice potion. And he used a confundus charm, which apparently works almost the same way as an imperious charm on Mundungus to get him to suggest that plan to protect Harry. And some have said he also suggested the date on that day. But I don't find that believable either, because why would they take their entire plan from Mundungus, who clearly <laughs> does not want to be all there? People. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I want to talk about the scene where the Dudleys move out, because that scene is very short. 
in the movie, but there's a couple of deleted scenes there, which I really, really like and I want to talk yeah, about. Both of them are really good. They're moving out. They're getting into the car and Harry's just standing at the door. And then Dudley looks around like all confused and he's like, isn't Harry coming with us? And Vernon's like, no, no, absolutely not. And then Harry's like, I'd just be a waste of space. Right, Vernon. And then Dudley gets really quiet and stares at Harry and just slowly walks across the street all the way over to Harry, making eye contact the whole time. <laughs> and then he raises his hand and shakes Harry's hand and says, I don't think you're a big waste of space. <laughs> and then Harry says, thanks. See a big D. And I was like, oh, <laughs> he really was Harry's bro. Like he thought that this was just some sibling rivalry they were having. And he, all the teasing, that was just brotherly love to, to, to Dudley. Like I was like, this is the best scene in the whole movie. They really are brothers. <laughs> so they all take Polyjuice Potion. And each Harry Potter is going to have a protector who didn't take Polyjuice Potion, right? Yes. Now, for whatever reason, the real Harry Potter is protected by Hagrid. Hagrid, who as far as everyone else knows, cannot do magic. So Harry Potter is solely in charge of protecting himself here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, at, at this point, I think they do all know that Hagrid can use magic because in the wedding scene, he's helping them put up the tent using his wand. Well, no, okay. <laughs> but he ostensibly cannot use magic in the scene because he doesn't. Yeah, I <laughs> assume that's because he's driving. But yeah, he does nothing to help. <laughs> So when they are flying on brooms, getting attacked all over by Death Eaters, who can fly without brooms, I yep. would have to point out. <laughs> um, Hagrid refuses to help the others, saying that it's Mad-Eye's orders that we don't help each other. Yeah. But we don't know that. We no, just have Hagrid's Mad word. Dead. Maybe Mad-Eye was like saying, it. help me! One dog is left. And then yeah. Hagrid pretends to get stupefied, so that Harry now has to protect himself and drive the the flying motorcycle. <laughs> and how do we know that Hagrid's only pretending to be stupefied? Because he does not fall out during any nope. of the chase sequence. <laughs> he doesn't even not actually unconscious. He is rock solid in that chair. <laughs> and also yeah. he doesn't crash. I also want to say that the only explanation that they give for choosing Hagrid is Hagrid's like, I brought you here when you were just a little <laughs> baby. And so it seems only right that I take you away. And, and Matt is, uh, like, Matt shut is up, just like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, really, there was no good reason to choose Hagrid for this mission. Like they should have right. put and they should have put him with Shacklebolt. Like Shacklebolt is clearly the strongest one of them. But anyway. Yeah. Right. <laughs> as soon as they get away from the Death Eaters, Hagrid conveniently wakes up. <laughs> yep, exactly. Right at the end of it, as soon as the danger's over, he's like, oh, I'm awake and we're here. <laughs> I, guess, yeah. uh, I guess I'll pretend to keep being your friend now. <laughs> and as soon as they crash land safely at the burrow, Hagrid just looks at Harry in disappointment. He's just like, that's, that's it. it. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> Also, just a fun fact about that scene. Uh, in the movie, Hedwig is the thing to give Harry away, as we discussed, given to Harry by Hagrid. <laughs> uh, and she dies in the process. But yeah. in the book, it was the fact that he used the spell Expelliarmus, which is his signature spell. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. <laughs> he used Expelliarmus. And all the Death Eaters were like, aha! <laughs> <laughs> that's him! It's <laughs> gotta be Harry! They arrive at the borough. Lupin is smart. By confirming that Harry is really Harry. This is a good idea. Yes. And I support Lupin doing this. And then 
Kingsley Shacklebolt shows up and confirms that Lupin is really Lupin, which is also a good idea because my first thought was, all right, Harry has now authenticated, but Lupin has not. We don't know that Mm -hmm. Lupin is who he says he is. So now we know Lupin is who he says he is. But Shacklebolt has not authenticated. No one ever confirms that he is who he says he is. So Lupin's (laughs) authentication is thereby moot because Shacklebolt might as well have just been like, yes, yes, it's you. Okay. (laughs) You know, he could have just said, he could have just agreed with whatever Lupin said. They might all be Death Eaters. I was wondering what happened to George's ear, and it they turns out, I believe it was Sectumsempra, mm-hmm. and it was cast by Snape to mm-hmm. protect Lupin. He was yeah. aiming at a Death Eater. So I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <good> <laughs> got Sectumsempra. Snape was so cool. And when Ron survives, as Harry, still Polyjuice potioned, Hermione does the thing that she normally does to Harry, which is she launches herself into his arms. (laughs) As soon as he turns back into Ron, she pushes him away. (laughs) Get off me. (laughs) And she's she's so surprised when Tonks says that Ron was useful at helping to protect her. I know, she's like, like, what? She can't imagine Ron was being useful at protecting anyone. (laughs) So my next note is that Harry has a dream sequence and Voldemort says to Ollivanders, you lied to me, which I think maybe supports the whole Ollivanders was a Death Eater theory. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, it means they spoke before and Ollivander was giving him information. Yeah. (laughs) Before the wedding, Ginny comes in and asks Harry Potter to zip her up, to zip up her dress. Uh, When George comes in and interrupts their kiss, Harry backs away from him in absolute fear and flees the room. Yep. Yeah, he's so scared. <laughs> Although and George, George is, is not just being like, threatening yeah, at all. Dogs. He's just kind of like teasing them. Like, <laughs> right, he's just uh, raising up. Yeah. I think it's because like, you know, Ginny, he was he has that love potion and Harry kind of came to his senses for a moment. He's, he's like, like, what's like, going what on am here? I doing? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. That so Minister Scrimgeour shows up. We learned from the last will and testament of Dumbledore that Ron's middle name is Billius. Yes, <laughs> Billius. His mother hated him. <laughs> so he leaves Ron the ability to suck all the light and goodness yes. out of everything around so, yeah, him. I did want to point that out. He leaves him the Deluminator, which uh, was, I think, one of the very first points for any of our theories that we mentioned is that in the very first scene of the first movie, Dumbledore walks out and sucks all the light from the world and shows that he's evil. And he gives that ability to Ron. They're both the darkest wizards the world has ever seen. So yep. <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> so he left Harry the snitch. We find out later that the snitch contains the stone of resurrection. So I had thought reading this book that Harry only survived Avada Kedavra because he the stone. was in possession of all three yeah. Deathly Hallows. He had a pretty good the reason. invisibility cloak, <laughs> the stone of resurrection, and he was hit by a blast from the Elder Wand. From the Elder I Wand, thought, which he what also I always owned. thought too. I thought that that was why he survived, and I thought that that was why the book was named The Deathly Hallows. <laughs> but as it turns out, he does not have the invisibility cloak with him. And he drops the resurrection stone. I know, he freaking yeah, dropped he it. In the forest. He didn't even keep and it. He doesn't have What's the wand. What's he doing? <laughs> So at the wedding, why were Luna and her father invited to this wedding? They don't know Fleur. They don't know anyone here. So Rita Skeeta has released a new book called Dumbledore's Dark Secrets Revealed. And we know from the previous movies that Rita Skeeta never lies in her writing. (laughs) (laughs) So Dumbledore must have dark secrets. She was correct about Harry and Hermione. (laughs) She was. That's that's exactly how we know it. (laughs) Yes. 
She never lies, and Dumbledore does have dark secrets. It's confirmed by Rita Skeeter, the world's most trustworthy and journalist. By the movie so. itself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was, definitely. He was raising <laughs> Harry like a pig to the slaughter. He so. was doing a lot of crazy stuff. I thought it was interesting that Bathilda Bagshot, the most celebrated magical historian of the last century, who was also the main source for Rita Skeeter's book about evil Dumbledore, she only had monstrously horrible things to say about him, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> yep. They don't really get to talk to her much in this movie. No, <laughs> well, that's not a really good scene. <laughs> but in the mobile game, you get to talk to her and she seems very yeah, reliable. She's a nice person. She's nice. Yep. Yeah, until she turns into <laughs> she a She seems snake. to be a good historian. <laughs> I believe in the book, it's basically implied that she had dementia and that Rita Skeeter used some spells on her to get her to say stuff. But that doesn't mean that stuff was unreliable, right? Like that still could mean she just like, you know, imperiused her into telling the truth or something. Thing, but or possibly all of her answers to Rita were just <laughs> and Rita that's was like, Well, I don't speak parcel tongue, but that's probably yes. <laughs> I'll just make I think it up. This is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what crazy protection spells they put on the burrow, but clearly they did not work. If no. the Death Eaters can just come in and they break up the in. wedding and start killing people. Yep. <laughs> I, for one, am very glad that Hermione happened to be with them and was prepared for an attack. Because yeah, yeah. Ron and Harry would have just freaking ran around like idiots <laughs> until like they died. <laughs> like not knowing out. what they're doing. <laughs> they, they had no idea until she grabbed them and apparated them away with a sack full of everything they would need to survive. Yes. <laughs> And Harry's first instinct is, oh, I got to go back to get my stuff. And she's like, yep. no. He's like, oh, all my things. My, my firebolt. <laughs> so Hermione, proving, as we already talked about, that she is just the most valuable person in the world, has prepared everything four days that they will ever need. And Ron, instead of thanking her, just says that she brought his least favorite jeans. I know. <laughs> Which Ron, proves one thing. That he is a jerk. And also, she doesn't like him. <laughs> She probably yeah. knows those are his least favorite She's like, <laughs> So Ron starts to show his true colors and becomes a wannabe gangster when he's like, right. hey, let's murder this Death Eater. Yeah. And when Hermione's like, what? He like justifies. He's like, hey, wh wh what are we going to do? Eh? Suppose he was Mad-Eye. How would you feel then? <laughs> then would you yeah. want to murder him? <laughs> right. it's like, Ron, and this is one of the important you? Ron evidences because it shows that like he's willing to just straight up kill people. He'd probably be willing to put the Imperious curse on people. <laughs> when they decide not to murder, Harry says, well, let's wipe their minds. He singles out Hermione and forces her to do it, knowing yep. full well that she's the most uncomfortable with this situation. <laughs> He's right. like, when he now does it, you remove his memory, When he Hermione. does it, he touches her face yep. like so weirdly he touches her face and says you're the best at spells i think he's like reasserting his imperious curse at that moment i think you're right but also to his point she is specifically the best at the <laughs> oblivious <true>. charm <laughs> but no i think Oblivious. this is also like part Oblivious, of his yeah. abusive methodology like he's co-implicating her in this crime yep all right so then we get to a pretty good scene they have to sneak into the ministry to get the locket back they just grabbed some random people off the street and they're like, these three work at the ministry. Like, how they grab them research? on their way into that bathroom where you flush yourself Anyone in. could go in that bathroom. It's a public bathroom. <laughs> yeah, but bathroom. no one else does, clearly, because if muggles were going in there, it would be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's right, a line enough. of people going into <laughs> the toilets and disappearing. Oh my gosh. So wait, they have public toilets with lines of people that every day go in and flush themselves down the gross public toilet bowl into the flu network? Yep. Yes. Why not flew in from your home 
everyone has a <laughs> chimney in the Wizarding World. Of, no, you know, no, that's not like secure. I would assume. <laughs> but I just find it odd that the flu network is compatible with the toilet network. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't those all um, fireplaces would just be full of poop? <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Back to the polyjuice potion point. Yeah, I wanted to say that I really appreciate that they chose three adult actors who kind of look like their three child yeah. actors. They're really yeah, good actors too. Yeah, they're, they're great. Amazing. They are all different people. They're going down the elevator. And Ron, who is someone named Catermole. Poor Catermole. <laughs> is supposed to be turning off the raining in that other guy's room. Hermione suggests Ron try Finite Incantatum. And I would hope that Catermole had already, already tried, tried that. that yeah. He yep. says it's been two days. <laughs> It's raining for two days in his office. His office would, his be, office would useless. be a mess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Ron's host's wife is having a trial to figure out Establish if she's actually a pure blood. Status, yeah. Yes. And Harry as Runcorn comes down and we get the awesome I yeah. must not tell lies payoff. Yes. I think this is the final Remember, one. <laughs> you must not tell lies. They, then they're running away. Uh, Ron gets a steamy kiss from whatever his name is, his wife. Dude, so that guy walked from wherever they dumped his body naked to the toilet to get into the ministry and then was just wandering around the ministry naked? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? like, you'd think well, he would, like, go home first or something. I'd call the police. I guess the ministry are the police. Yeah. <laughs> I think that probably... Weirder things happen at the Ministry of Magic every day. You know? yeah. It's true. He's it's like, oh, world. I just woke up naked. This happens. Better go to work. <laughs> Better anywhere. go to work. My <laughs> office is raining. My clothes disappeared. <laughs> my wife's kissing some kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's Monday. It's a yep. good thing he did show up because Ron just told her, like, go get the kids and leave the country. I know. And I was like, how <laughs> is this guy going to find his family? Husband. No, I can only assume that Ron was planning to hook up with her. He's like, leave your husband. I'll find you. You come find me, baby. <laughs> so now they're on the road for the wonderful Harry Potter walking simulator where they walk and then camp. But I do like how Harry tries all of his random spells to destroy the locket, then just switches to wordless magic because all his spells do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like, crap, I don't know any other spells. If I stop saying them out loud, they won't know I'm repeating <laughs> spells. <laughs> Hermione deduces that Harry is getting angry and irritable because the locket makes him a little more evil. Oh, he's turning yeah. off Which the lights and stuff. Which in the movies stuff. actually makes some sense because he doesn't ever act that much like a jerk. In the book books, it's like just fifth book Harry all over again. Right. <laughs> is it the locket that's making him evil or is it the deluminator that's sucking what little light there is out of his soul? Because I, I noticed know, that yeah. every exactly. time Ron is being exceptionally evil, he's holding that deluminator. <laughs> I mean, you know. That is true. <laughs> I don't know. Hermione do deduces that Harry is acting out of character, and they don't really seem to deduce that very much with Ron. Like, eventually they say, oh, Ron, it's just because you have the locket. But, like, they let Ron go really far with being a huge jerk, whereas, like, Hermione only lets Harry go, like, an inch toward being a jerk. But it's because well, that's Ron how Ron, Ron usually <laughs> acts anyway. Yeah. <laughs> as far as this walking simulator goes, like, it's just so weird that they're just walking around 
holding this locket, hoping that they will somehow yeah, randomly run into the next into plot a way point. To destroy it. Yeah, <laughs> yep. it's like they know they're in a book. Well, and that was my <laughs> well, biggest yeah, problem that's with why, the seven. That's part of the reason why Ron is really angry. <laughs> like this plan is stupid. It is. Uh, a yeah, stupid I would plan. agree with Ron on that. <laughs> but I love it when Ron gets frustrated and finally leaves. There's this wide shot where Harry and Hermione are just standing next to each other. And he reaches out and holds her hand. You have no idea why he's doing it. You're like, is it because Ron's gone? And then they apparate. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> but what's even better is that the second Ron's gone, they're like, well, let's dance and have a party. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. like, they start doing great. <laughs> we get to quite possibly the best scene in the entire series. <laughs> it's really nice. I love this When scene. Harry Potter asks Hermione to dance, like words cannot express the beauty of this scene. And I love how he slowly changes Hermione's mood from sad to happy. Yeah, and it's really I think sweet. I think when I voice typed this, I said he sensually takes off the locket, but it's a hit wrote, he sexually takes off the <laughs> yes. locket. Wow. <laughs> and he tosses it aside. <laughs> and then they just rest their heads on each other's shoulder. I watched an interview with the director at one point where he talked about the scene, and I think I've mentioned it in previous episodes, but he was like, yeah, this is just kind of the, you know, what might have been moment of like, you know, these two, because uh, clearly all the directors really wanted that. But also he talked about that originally it was like, a choreographed dance scene right like they had a, a choreographed dance ready that they had practiced and then the day of he was like actually just wing it just do whatever you guys want <laughs> and I actually think that's like such a good director like insight because yeah they're just two kids right like in the, and that's such a better way to like cheer her up to really just like do a silly fun. dance together <laughs> no it's such a good scene and my first thought because they're dancing and then she just like they're having such a fun time and everyone in the theater <laughs> or wherever you're watching is just like yes finally and then like a weird just blank look comes over her face and she just pushes him away yeah. and, and sadly leaves. And you're like, what happened? <laughs> oh, I'm like, no. when I first watched it, I was like, she just realized the plot won't let them end up together. But now I'm like, maybe Ron she won't let them end up Ron together. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, I'm yeah. still not free. So Hermione thinks Dumbledore hid Godric's sword in Godric's Hollow. So he meets Bathilda Bagshot. And I love the way he's asking her if she's Bathilda and she says nothing. And then it cuts to the inside of her house. And we're left to assume that she had spoken to them between those two shops mm -hmm. and told them, I'm taking you to my house. But it turns out she, she has didn't. said absolutely <laughs> nothing to them. Yep, they just been following her. <laughs> the part of the scene that I really love is how Bathilda just starts speaking parcel tongue to Harry. And he just responds because he doesn't even know. Yeah, yeah he, he never knows like, when he's speaking parcel tongue. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's very in keeping. It's but good. this proves that in the first movie, when he was talking to that python behind the glass he at the zoo, hissing. he was actually just creepily hissing yep. But that's, that's a normal like a thing for an 11-year-old They to should do. have sent him to St. Brutus's. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then that turns into kind of a horror scene, though, and like Hermione finds Bathilda's body, presumably, and uh, he attacks a snake. Why was she why was a snake? What's going on? I don't even so, understand I always assumed she was Najini. Is she not? She no, she is. She's okay. Nagini. Okay. And um, Hermione had sort of set this up when she told them that Godric's Hollow is probably a dangerous place to go because Voldemort yeah. might expect you to go here. So presumably Voldemort or a Death Eater has transfigured Nagini to look like Bathilda Bagshot. Isn't Nagini objectively the worst person you could use for this job? Nagini is of utmost importance 
to Voldemort. <laughs> she is very alive, important. right? And Nagini cannot speak. Is not a human. <laughs> she can't interact with people. Yeah. So, like, if you yeah. want someone anyone to pretend else to be someone else, better. anyone yeah. would be better. But Voldemort but doesn't here, trust anyone else. Yeah. Even though she's really important, she's also non-essential personnel. So he's like, I can't spare anyone else for just an indeterminate amount of time. Like, just you wait there for a month or two until Harry shows up. And he was like, but Nagini's not really doing anything around here so while watching it i kind of thought it was more like nagini asked voldemort for a vacation she's like <laughs> i always wanted to see what it would be like to be human and he's like you know what nagini i love you so much i'll set that up for you you're such a good good snake <laughs> harry once again is very lucky that hermione can apparate and that's how they get out of this situation as they've gotten out of all the situations in the next scene they're in a forest and harry just unfortunately thick-headed as he is misses that hermione is opening up to him he's the only person she told that she erased her parents memories yep. <laughs> possibly several years ago yeah. and she's also low-key declaring her love to him when she says she wants to stay here in the forest and grow old forever yep. yes she was a girl <laughs> so <with> sweet <laughs> oh my and gosh then, Harry forgives Hermione so quickly for breaking his wand. Like, Ron would have held that over her head mm -hmm. all year. Like we he know, because he the did. the scabbers thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I thought it was a pretty big coincidence that, first of all, God, the sword of Godric Gryffindor happened to be actually at Godric's Hollow. And also well, it that wasn't. it was like... No, at this... the bottom of this tiny random pond that they happen yeah, to be. Yeah, right, so but this not in Godric's, Godric's Hollow. Hollow. This, this is... is a forest that Hermione knows about that she went to with her parents. Like, no one else would know this yeah. except oh, Hermione weird. and possibly someone who's controlling Hermione. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay. So you're saying that Ron put the sword here. I That's the only explanation I can come up with. So he could be a big hero and rejoin the group. Yeah. That's all this scene is for. Whose Patronus was it, if you're saying Ron set this up? Well, I don't know. I'm actually really confused about this whole scene, even in the normal interpretation of yeah, the movie. Yeah, me too. Like, why is the sword here? Why is the doe here? How would Snape have known they were there if it is if it is Snape that led them here? But I don't think it is, because he's headmaster at Hogwarts right now. He's yeah. probably pretty busy, and he would have no way of knowing they're here. I, I've always assumed that we're supposed to believe that Snape took some time off, figured out where they were somehow, put the sword there for them to find, and then led them to it, and then went back to Hogwarts. I, I think that's it. Or Ron, who knew that Hermione had gone here once with her parents because he's been controlling her. He probably knows about a lot of her life. I don't think he knew that to she her. might end up here. <laughs> yeah, well, knew that she might end up here. He knows that he was having trouble like maybe controlling Hermione because the locket was influencing him or maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Yeah. But he knows he's got to get back in with Harry, right? He's nothing without Harry. And so he's got to get back into the group. The only way he can do that is by being a big hero. And so he follows them there. He casts the dough. So the, the dough Patronus isn't a Patronus. It's just it's just mist. Like you can make that with your wand. He, he just casts the dough because he knows Harry will follow that because he knows that's Harry's mother's Patronus. Uh, just some evidence that Ron could have cast the dough. Harry assumes that Ron did. And Ron says, I didn't. But the fact that Harry assumes that Ron can means that he could. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. 
I don't know. <laughs> how is the sword here if it's supposed to be in Bellatrix's vault? I don't. I don't know how. No, it's because the we sword know was in that Snape's Snape office. did this. Yeah, and he <laughs> yes. made a copy of it. He made a copy and he put the copy there and kept the original for himself. This is canon. This is stated in the movie. <laughs> so well, he must have stolen right. the original from Snape. Snape so, and yeah. put it down there. No, no, maybe but, Snape gave it to Ron. <laughs> well, and that's the only thing I can think of is because. The, your Ron putting it at the bottom of that lake makes a heck of a lot more sense than Snape putting it there. Because why would Snape really put the sword at the bottom of a frozen lake? That's like the most dangerous place you could put something for somebody. It's not like well hidden. It's just dangerous. Is yeah, he trying to kill Harry? Like what a horrible <laughs> thing to make Harry dive into. The only one who would put that there is someone who wants to save Harry. So all I can think of is that Snape was like, hey, Ron, I can trust you to give this to Harry, right? Like safely in a nice way. And Ron's right. like, yeah, sure, you can trust me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Ron. Ron just went back to Hogwarts because, yep. like, where else is he going to go? No, he's like, Apparently I guess we're going to go over So then they destroy the locket. And this is where we get a lot of insight into who Ron is and how he feels about himself. And the Horcrux says, Ron, I have seen your heart and it is mine. I have seen your dreams and I have seen your fears. Least loved by your mother who craved a daughter. Least loved by the girl who prefers your friend. Uh, now, you could say that the Horcrux is lying to him to get under his skin, but it's getting under his skin. So clearly it's not lying. Right. right? Like this must all be well, true if it is getting under it, his skin. It, it's, it's not just blatantly true, lying. But it's Ron true would be that like, he what? believes it, right? Yeah. Like this is how Ron feels. Right. And we get the, the next best scene in this movie with naked Harry and Hermione making oh, out. Oh my gosh. What were they saying, thinking? Why is this scene in the movie? <laughs> there is no this is Yates, man. Yates oh really loved He was a Hermione he really fan. Hermione, Hermione fanboy. <laughs> well, what's really funny is that I've seen like videos of Hermione talking about the Ron and Hermione kiss and being like, oh yeah, it was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, they never talk about this one. And they never talk about this one where yeah, they're just straight on making out. There's a scene where like all three of them are in the forest having been filming a scene, a background, uh, a back a shot of what was happening behind the scenes, right? And the director's like, all right, tomorrow we'll film the Hermione and Ron kiss scene. Emma Watson turns to Daniel Radcliffe and says, and you can't come. And Daniel Radcliffe is like, hey, oh, no. <laughs> everyone came to my kiss scene. So that means she was like, fine. She didn't care at all about kissing her Daniel Radcliffe. But when it came to kissing Rupert Grint, she was like, this is uncomfortable. I don't want you there. We're talking about the actors yeah, now. Yeah, I know, is but I thought funny. it was interesting. I don't know what this is proving. <laughs> it's just kind of fun. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, Naked Harry and Hermione say, we were better without you, happier without you. And they were, uh, they're right. Like, she's right. <laughs> yes. evil, evil Hermione is right. <laughs> so, Ron angrily destroys the horror crux. He screams as he does it. I kind of wonder if maybe it was like... A bad tactic for the bit of Tom Riddle that was inside the Horcrux <laughs> yeah. to just antagonize like, hey, the I'll people who are trying to kill, kill it. Me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what was this Horcrux's endgame? <laughs> the diary seemed to be a little smarter than oh, this. It seemed to be doing yes. something to Harry during all this. Maybe it was just trying to murder Harry while it distracted Ron. I don't know. <laughs> but the most important evidence from this moment is just that we get a look inside Ron's mind. And all the things that Horcrux say must be true, or at least there is a shred of truth to them. Yeah, and I think it's also important that, like, you expect him to kind of over, to beat it by, like, overcoming those insecurities, right? By being like, no, my friends love me, and then he attacks <laughs> oh, he it. But mad. no, yeah, he just gets just really like, angry. I'm so mad about this. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't seem like he, he's uh, fighting those insecurities. 
And then speaking of attacking, Hermione immediately attacks Ron when he shows up again. <laughs> she yeah. calls him a complete ass. And then he she is. asks Harry for her wand. And then Ron immediately gets jealous, asking like, why, why Harry you has her wand. wand? <laughs> Proving what Brita just said, that he did not improve as a person from that last no. moment. <laughs> then Hermione says, don't think hatred. this changes anything and walks away. Ron tells his story about how he found them, right? That he was sitting alone in a bar and then the Deluminator, he heard Ron or Hermione say his name and then the Deluminator made a ball of light and he followed the ball of light and then he apparated and found them. The, the flaw in this story is that he says he followed the light and then he apparated. But then how did he follow the light? Like, did the light tell him, like, apparate to this foot? Like, clearly that is not how he found them. He's lying. He says it went into his heart and then he followed the light. He followed his heart is what he's sure, saying. Sure, sure. It doesn't make any sense. But clearly what's happening is that he knows where the person who he put the imperious curse on <laughs> is. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh. He can just feel it. Anyway, so uh, Lovegood is worried because the Death Eaters supposedly have Luna. Later on, after they do rescue her, but later on, she is just at Hogwarts, safe and sound. Yeah, she, how'd she get to Hogwarts? easily captured by Death Eaters again. That's a, yeah, that's for so some weird. reason, it doesn't happen. That's explained by the books. I mean, not why she wasn't uh, uh, caught again, but yeah, that just after they dropped her off at Bill and Fleurus, that then she was she decided to go back to Hogwarts, and she did. Yeah, to get uh, captured by all the school. Death Eaters that are running that school. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Just one interesting note. Apparently in the cinematic universe, Grindelwald is still alive and well, and Voldemort mm-hmm. does not kill him after questioning him. No. <laughs> no, he's just like, okay, bye-bye, dude. <laughs> Good for Grindelwald. He outlived Dumbledore and Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he really did have the greatest <laughs> And he got crimes. played by like three different actors. <laughs> yeah, he's everybody. <laughs> he's Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> they, they, they're captured, and I love the way Draco stands up for Harry, and he won't say that it's Harry even though he knows it's Harry. <laughs> but but why does he do that? Like Draco just, it seems to be that he just actually is a good guy on the inside and he's been raised by bad people. He, he tried to be Harry's best friend when he first met Yeah, him. he's like, he and I like, still hey. want to be. If only he wasn't friends with that <laughs> trash Weasley. <laughs> <laughs> so Bellatrix says that if they bring Voldemort the wrong person, he will kill them all. Now, this is Narcissa and Lucius and Bellatrix. I don't think Voldemort could kill them all at once. <laughs> well, Bellatrix like, does. He, he may be powerful. And I also don't think he would kill Bellatrix without a really good reason. He yeah. values her almost as much as Snape. <laughs> so this is almost the very end. Uh, Dobby tries to kill Hermione here by dropping a chandelier on her. <laughs> Why is Super Dobby so stupidly powerful? Well, they had to kill him here because he's a total deus ex machina. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that That's it. Dobby's dead. Uh, they, they show up at Bill's. Yeah, that's it for this movie. Then Voldemort goes and gets the Elder Wand, which, man, it's too bad nobody grabbed that wand. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, part two. We have arrived. We're almost to the finish line. Okay, so back to Bill's house. Warwick Davis gives a great performance as Grip Hook, yes. which I think is nice. He never gets to do much as Flitwick. He gets the most lines and has to give the most performance, even though he's been in the entire series <laughs> as a character who is not the character who he normally plays. Yeah. <laughs> Harry also goes and talks to Ollivanders and he tries to get Ollivanders to tell him, like, you told Voldemort something. And at first he's kind of like, oh, no. But then Harry's yeah, like, he's a friggin death eater. Yeah. And then Harry's like, no, you definitely <laughs> did because I saw it. And he's like, he tortured me. And I was like, yeah, it's because he's a freaking Death Eater. And even if maybe Voldemort did torture him, like, he's not particularly yeah. nice to his own people, but still. <laughs> right. <laughs> they are going to break into Gringotts because they believe that 
Bellatrix's vault might have a, a horcrux. horcrux. Yep. Harry is going to be under the invisibility cloak. And With grip hook. Hermione is going to be polyjuiced into... Bellatrix Lestrange. And then Ron is just some random dude. Yeah, he's just dressed up a little. So then they walk into Gringotts Bank. I have been on this set. <laughs> I've been in Gringotts. This is, it is so cool. I've walked through this hall, this entire gigantic hall with all these goblins sitting there scribbling on their papers. There's like writing on every tiny piece of paper, on every little stub. I have a picture of a deposit, <laughs> a receipt by L. Devil Satan. <laughs> I assume it's L stands for Lucifer. And he was depositing <laughs> 666 galleons. <laughs> Just what L. Devil Satan would do. <laughs> I know. It's so awesome, dude. It's a really, really amazing set. <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter is really good at playing Hermione. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah she, absolutely. Like, whoa, she's, she's a good actress. Yeah. She's such a good Hermione. I mean, it helps that she has Hermione's actual voice. <laughs> but um, she's yeah. so good at being Hermione. Like, I caught myself thinking, like, I was like, why did they have Hermione dress up as Lestrange? Why didn't they just have <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter do it? And then I was like, wait, it is Helena Bonham, Bonham, Bonham Carter. Carter. <laughs> she's just so good at doing those mannerisms yeah, that I no, think I, she's Hermione. I agree. And I think it's really cool because I, I I feel like I've seen a lot of Helena Bonham Carter being kind of like these crazy characters that yeah. she's been. And so, yeah, to see her do something that's very Having different and to act not only as Hermione, kind of but to act person. as Hermione acting as Bellatrix, like she was doing amazing work there. It was great. Man. And why, why didn't they present Lestrange's wand when the goblin asked that for it? That was my question we as well. We know it. they have it. They just showed, showed it to Ollivanders who confirmed this is Bellatrix Lestrange's wand. Be very careful with it. I just don't it. get it. And, He's like, and then for show some me reason, the wand. They're like, and they're like, no, no, they're like, this no, is no, we, we can't, can't get show past. Yeah, we have to use the Imperius curse. One wrench in the theory of Ron put the Imperius curse on Hermione is that we know that Ron, he has the ability to cast the Imperious Curse, and he has from a very young age because he learned it from his father, as we learned in the fourth movie. I thought he learned it from Wormtail. Or, sorry, he possibly <laughs> learned it from Scabbers in the third. We don't know. Harry Potter uses the Imperious Curse on this head goblin. Which apparently it's super easy to just learn and do unforgivable curses. <laughs> Is it, though? So why can Harry cast the Imperious Curse, Leif? That seems kind of weird. Well, he hasn't practiced it. Right, that does it. seem kind of weird. And it seems like Ron maybe can cast it because he he's practiced it. in a couple of scenes. And he does, yes, proving that Ron, we know Ron can cast the Imperious Curse because he does moments from now. But why can Harry do it? Well, the general assumption for this is that Harry, even though he's kind of thick-headed, he's not as smart as Hermione, he seems to be good at everything he does. Yeah. And the thought for this is that it's because he has a horcrux of Voldemort in him. He's literally he's just a half very... Voldemort. And Voldemort loves that spell. And so that would explain why he can just easily cast the Imperious Curse, presumably having never practiced it before. And you might think that we're hand-waving this away, right? We're just like, oh, don't worry about it, don't worry. No, this is legit. This is canon. Because how can Harry speak a second language that he has never practiced and never learned? He can literally speak Parseltongue because he inherited that knowledge from yeah. Voldemort. But Parseltongue isn't a learned language, though. It is an ability. I mean, no, that that is actually not true as proven by this movie. Well, no, when you Ron can. Speaks this movie tongue. proves you can speak, learn like, uh, parcel tongue, but that like generally it is just an inherited ability. That's why Slytherin used it in, right, to Leif. guard his place. 
Does it prove yes. that Ron learned parcel tongue? Because I think Ron just speaks parcel tongue. I think that's just another tongue. facet of his evil. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. So their plan to break into Green Gods is terrible. Um, mm-hmm. Nowhere near as good as those people that Hagrid was working with. Yeah. yeah. But they, <laughs> they, um, they just immediately fall out of the cart onto the ground. And the Imperious Curse that is on the goblin immediately wears off. Ron yeah. is really quick to Imperio the goblin again. Yes. Okay. And I would note that Ron's Imperious Curse lasts way longer, way longer and seems to work Harry's. much better than Harry's did. Hold on. So Thief's Downfall is the name of that waterfall that washed away all enchantments. Wouldn't that have unimperious Termione as well? So how can you explain that? Yes. Well, he just puts it on her again. <laughs> right. That's exactly my explanation. He wasn't aiming for the goblin. He was aiming for Hermione. <laughs> He's like, oh, crap, I got a re-imperious here. <laughs> the goblin got in the way. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> so then did he then re-imperious Hermione again after that? Yeah, yeah, later. He's right. like, oh, imperious. <laughs> One question that we have to talk about is just that why... Does Hermione act nothing like this goblin who is under the Imperius curse? He's like all <laughs> butterflies and birds tweeting around his yeah, head. Yeah, he goes all and the time. kills yeah. himself by standing in front of a dragon. <laughs> uh, right. My, like, like he seems to have no mind. Which Ron of his must own have told whatsoever. him to do. <laughs> so the Imperius curse has been depicted in many different ways over the course of the series. In one of the earlier movies, they say that like people could claim they were under the Imperius curse for years and no one noticed, or there were lots of people in the ministry under the Imperius curse and no one noticed. Yet in the fourth movie, we also we see a spider under the Imperius curse and it just levitates around. <laughs> and uh, then yeah. cool. we also see Crumb under the Imperius curse and he has just like these milky white eyes. And then in this one, the goblin acts like he's drunk and high all the time and has no idea what's going on. The explanation is that the Imperius curse can look different and also can affect people differently. And also Imperius Curse tends to more powerfully affect people who have weaker minds, which Hermione does not have a weak mind. The argument is that he was able to Imperius Hermione because he had kind of worked slowly abusing her over the years and weakened her mind just enough that he could take her over. But she's still lucid and smart enough that she's not just like totally stoned like this goblin. Yes. And Hermione did act like this goblin once after visiting the bar with them and apparently oh, getting right, drunk right, yeah, on yeah. Uh, <laughs> butter beer. And then she was yeah. like, ooh, hey, ooh, I don't care you're talking about me. I'm going to spin around and hug you. <laughs> And then Griphook demands that they trade the cup for the sword, and so they don't have a way of destroying it, and then he abandons them, so they gotta get out of here. And then that's when that that goblin gets murdered, and Ron's only response to this being completely his fault is, that's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, he must have sent that goblin <laughs> totally to do that, and then is like making fun of him. Well, it's because he couldn't Imperius two people at once. Yeah, he, had he to was get like, I need goblin. to get you out of the way. <laughs> wow, he's so heartless. So they make it to Aberforth. That's Dumbledore's brother. He reveals so much about Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah, is Aberforth Patronus a goat? I mean, Aberforth is the goat. <laughs> yeah, greatest of all time. <laughs> well, he apparently got in trouble for doing uh, unspeakable things to a goat once. And no, no. <laughs> no one knows who that is. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> that's weird. And that's um, why it's his Patronus? 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Snape's Patronus is a doe. <laughs> the indication is that he is sexually attracted to goats. <laughs> Dude, and Snape's sexually attracted to Lily. Attracted to we Lily, know that because Harry's his son. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep. You proved it. This is great. This That's good evidence. Okay. Like, that's legit. That is good. <laughs> Moving on. Amy okay. Forth says that Albus sacrificed his sister in Not his just search that, no, for No, first power. he's like, what makes you think you can trust anything Dumbledore ever said? <laughs> he's like, in all yes. the years you knew him, did he ever mention my name? Did he mention hers? Points to their dead sister. Mm-hmm. He's like, so a boy goes chasing Horcruxes on the word of a man who wouldn't even tell him where to start. <laughs> and then he's like, my brother sacrificed a great many things on his journey to find power, including Ariana, his sister, and she was devoted to him. So I think this reveals Dumbledore's entire goal is just power. He just wants more power. He doesn't quite know how to get it, but he's trying stuff, right? Like he's just doing things that he thinks will get give him power. And that's why it's so haphazard. And he gets his sister killed and he gets Averforth to do unspeakable things with a goat and uh, lots of <laughs> stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was a prank right. like it was like that he's, he told him where to does eat that the information pudding. even come from Brita? <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember what so there in the books there's something about aberforth having done something with the goat it doesn't say exactly what but they're just like he got yeah, in trouble that does sound bad. and then in, <laughs> in an interview someone asked jk rowling so what did aberforth do and then she was like how old are you <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't oh, tell this kid. No. Oh man. Oh dear. So the portrait of Dumbledore's sister opens up and Neville shows up, leads them through a secret passage. Along the way, he just offhandedly mentions that one of their classroom activities is to practice the Curse the Artist Curse on first years. On first years. And there's no response to this. Harry, Ron, Hermione, like just there should like, be ah, some sort of mm, outcry yes. from at least Hermione or Harry. <laughs> no, I think it's like, like, oh, we know how horrible they it's are. It's almost yes. like this line, which is seen over just like a, a wide shot of the castle was dubbed in later by their cheapest doctor (laughs) (laughs) they get into dumbledore's army's hiding room which i believe is the room of requirement but not the same one they go to later well the room of requirement changes (laughs) that is yeah there are apparently many instances of it yeah well that makes sense they you might need multiple rooms of requirement what if two students required something and they were vastly different things like what if one student's like I want a shark and one student's like I want to live on the sun <laughs> and then Aberforth is like I want a goat <laughs> <laughs> oh no <laughs> I shouldn't have brought it up <laughs> no it's great um, so it plays Harry's theme music when he walks in and then he hugs all of his best friends Dean Thomas, his girlfriend's ex-boyfriend, Padma Patil, Ron's date from fourth year, who is not even in his house. And I'm not sure why Pavardi's not here, but she isn't. And then his best friend, Ron's ex-girlfriend, Lavender Brown, and finally his ex-girlfriend, Cho Chang. Yay! Yay! Like, I love how every single one of them was like an ex-girlfriend or boyfriend of someone. Of someone. I mean, that's teen teen life, right? I feel really bad for poor Snape because like 
there's rumors going around that Harry's back and Snape's like, well, I have to address it. So he goes and he like just he's like, all right, I'll just make some empty threats and I will allow Harry to sneak around the castle. Right. So he's like, everyone, if you see Harry, you know, bring him to me. Grr, I'm evil. He didn't yep. expect stupid idiot Harry, Harry to just walk up to him. <laughs> like he looks so baffled. He's like, and no, was doing lip service here i don't want to catch you i was gonna let you off we do have to just compliment alan rickman on this amazing monologue where he says equally guilty (laughs) why did he say it like that because he's alan rickman dude (laughs) this is the best best line snape ever says but snape is so epic here. He not only manages to defend himself against McGonagall without hurting her, but uses her own spell to take out the two evil Death Eater siblings in the room before he operates away, which I have to point out he should not be able to do on Hogwarts grounds. He not only flies out the window, but he also flies over to each down Death Eater and grabs their wands, leaving them defenseless for the students to take care of them afterwards. He's so cool. Like, and this is all spur of the moment because he was snake. just going to let Harry go. Yeah, he he was didn't not expect playing. to have to do any of this. <laughs> just on He's the like, spot. Oh, he was crap. ready. I have to disarm my entire crew and leave these students safe. Imagine his mind in that moment racing like, okay, what do I do? How do I protect them while also staying <laughs> loyal to <laughs> Voldemort. Yeah. And I'm up against McGonagall, who's probably also a pretty powerful wizard. Or yeah. no, I'm just like, why? So McGonagall, this calls her ethics into question because like she was perfectly OK with the students torturing first years. <laughs> Seems like she would have rebelled earlier. I have to point out everyone was perfectly OK with that, except Neville, including <laughs> yeah. Harry Ron and Hermione. <laughs> this is like, yes, this Actually, is normal. they've been doing that every year. So... Filch comes in shouting that students are out of bed. McGonagall tells him the students are supposed to be out of bed, you filthy squib. She says, you blithering idiot. (laughs) Which is true because clearly Snape, the headmaster, had called an emergency meeting. Yeah. (laughs) Why didn't anyone tell Filch? I don't know. Yeah. Then she commands this elderly squib to imprison the entire house of Slytherin. He can't do yeah. that. <laughs> he can't. Well, well no, to no, no, be no. fair, she said take them to the dungeons. Now, where is the Slytherin common room? <laughs> it's in the dungeons. Right. McGonagall just held, sent Slytherin house to bed. She was to just bed. like, you guys yeah. all have to go to bed early right. for and trying to kill cares. Harry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and honestly, they're safer there. None of the Slytherins get hurt. <laughs> Except there's a deleted scene where Filch is literally locking them all in a dungeon. He's closing the well, gate he and shouldn't locking have done it that. and no, laughing no, about it. No, he and does then, that every night and then as he walks <laughs> whoa <laughs> okay that's a good night for them he's laughing because it makes him happy that the students are going to go to bed <laughs> well as he walks away it's it's proof that they shouldn't have sent a, a, a squib to do this because then the students just like bombard you the gate and it goes flying yeah. and they all just walk past him and leave yeah. and he's like wow, that oh really, no <laughs> that really points out the problem with phil chunk yep. yeah <laughs> that explains why draco is not in the dungeon later Yes, it does, because then part of that scene is Draco grabs his friends and goes up the stairs and they leave. (laughs) Yep. Uh, They run up to Harry, who's just running around, and 
Ron says, like, well, we've been thinking. And Hermione interrupts, well, Ron was thinking. It was Ron's idea. It's completely brilliant. And that's just, like, the weirdest thing. Ron. Ron, Ron, (laughs) Ron. I love Ron. Yeah. Like, it very much feels like That was when he put the curse back on her, when they were separated from Harry. Just that. All right, let's refresh this curse. There we go. Say some nice things about me. I love to hear it. No, the last time she she talked about Ron to Harry was, I feel the same way about him. She was so angry. And then now, all of a sudden, you know, she's she's back in furious <laughs> oh, right. yep. so yeah very much and then yeah they say they're gonna go to the to the chamber of secrets to get some snake fangs yeah yes. it's so stupid what why go get a basilisk fang without harry yeah <laughs> like why He's do they assume they can the get in you have to speak parcel tongue but and then but just clearly so they happens can. that ron, ron can. speaks parcel tongue he is a parcel <laughs> tongue and then he tries to cover it he's like oh um uh, uh harry talks in his sleep I guess, <laughs> like, why would Harry yeah, be like, saying the word for open in his sleep? Yeah, and even if it was, how would Ron know that's what the word was? No, right? like, no. He's like, Ron ah, clearly yes. speaks Parseltongue. Okay, but but counterpoint, we do know that Ron likes to watch Harry sleep. That is oh, true. Oh, you're right. <laughs> that is established. Oh, no. So, Luna does that thing where she's like, Harry Potter, you listen to me. Oh, that thing, yeah. <laughs> Yep, she's Mickey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, how cheeky. So Luna does not go with Harry to talk to the Grey Lady because she says the Grey Lady is shy. But then the Grey Lady only agrees to talk to Harry because he says he is friends with Luna. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I don't know what's going on there. All right, so the battle starts. The giants are fighting on uh, Voldemort's side, which is a nod yep. to the fifth movie when Hagrid when deliberately Hagrid won over the giants to, for Voldemort. <laughs> for and Voldemort. then eventually, yeah, we see Acromantula's fighting, fighting right alongside them in, for Voldemort in the battle. And and we specifically know no one can control the Acromantulas <laughs> except, except for their for father, Hagrid. who died. And Hagrid yeah, Hagrid was like, not even me anymore. Hagrid can control the Acromantulas. And that's yeah. also how Voldemort is able to use the Forbidden Forest as his base for yes. this entire battle. Because otherwise, <laughs> The Acromantulas would kill him. (laughs) Later in the book, the Acromantulas burst through the entrance hall and Hagrid runs in being like, no, 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 don't hurt him. The the Acromantulas carry Hagrid away and Harry's like, oh no, Hagrid's going to die. But then Hagrid's fine. He's like not dead at all. (laughs) He's actually okay. Turns out the Acromantulas just like delivered him harmlessly to the camp. (laughs) They just took him away. So... That shows that, you know, the Acromantulas don't want to eat Hagrid. They just help him and they help the Death Eaters. So there you go. In the Chamber of Secrets, Hermione destroys the cup with a basilisk bang. And then after they get drenched with angry water, they stand there for a moment on cue, turn toward each other and have the worst kiss in cinema history. (laughs) (laughs) Then after they pull apart, Hermione kind of laughs a little, probably because she realized how stupid and ridiculous that moment was. (laughs) Voldemort destroys the barrier. Now. When he does this, Lupin and Tonks are standing at separate windows and reach out toward each other and act like they just can't quite can't quite hold hands. No. You could literally move like a slight yep. inch closer. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're not going to abandon their posts even by an inch. Come on. <laughs> so in the next scene, Jenny walks up to Harry, says nothing. Harry has a conversation with Neville about Luna. Then Jenny kisses Harry and leaves, still without saying anything. Yeah. It was a great moment between Harry and Ginny, but actually Harry and Neville about Neville and Luna. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So they get into the room of requirement. They're fighting Blaze and Goyle and Draco and... Dude, and Blaze starts a blaze. 
<laughs> Actually, no, Goyle I know, starts Goyle. the blaze. I always yeah, like it should have been Blaze. I was Why so confused when Goyle did it. I was like, I thought Blaze did it, and I was Especially like, oh, I just Blaze like appears right here. Like I know he's been in previous movies, but like he hasn't been important till now. So you're like, wait, there's a guy named Blaze, and now there's a Blaze. <laughs> 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 But yeah, Goyle casts fiend fire, uh, and it just destroys the room. Harry, Ron, and Hermione are rushing to where Harry knows that uh, Voldemort is. On the way there, we get Fenrir Greyback, who seems to have forgotten that he is a werewolf and not mm-hmm. a vampire, sucking mm-hmm. blood from, <laughs> yeah, sucking from blood. Lavender <laughs> Brown's neck. Yeah. Uh, this is Ron's <laughs> ex-girlfriend, who he presumably had some feelings toward. Ron doesn't even say anything. He absolutely no. has no reaction to this. Hermione is the one who takes out Greyback. And then they just move on. But it does have yeah. one shot that they bothered to film to show us that Lavender Brown is totally dead. It's dead. Yep. <laughs> Why yeah, do they like need to show us back. this? Why is it important that she's dead? I think it could be that they just wanted to show that a named student died so that ups the stakes higher. Or it could be to show us what a terrible person Ron is that he doesn't give a crap. <laughs> Maybe it's to prove that he never gave a crap. That it was always just a love potion. And maybe Hermione taking out, she's the one who gets to take out Greyback for killing Lavender because she feels a kinship with Lavender because they've both been controlled by Ron at one point. Mm. Wow, dude. <laughs> Is that good evidence? That's great evidence. It's pretty good. You're yeah. so right. Let's all praise each other's stretches. Yeah, you guys are so good at this. So Voldemort is trying to become the master of the Elder One, and he's going to do that by killing Snape. And I am just so mad that they just have Voldemort just kill Snape. Like, why not? I don't mind that he killed Snape, but have Snape fight back. Like, fight back. Voldemort, <laughs> he 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 let Snape know what he's going to do. Snape sees it coming, and he's one of the greatest wizards on okay. Earth right now. I just want to see Snape versus Voldemort. I, That's, I, I agree with you. Fight. But at least he does seem to kill him with Sectum Sempra. <laughs> <laughs> he did, yes but then that's snape's one weakness well and here's the problem here so he doesn't kill snape he knocks snape over yes. and then tells nagini to kill snape thus making her and- the elder wand's master <laughs> no no we, we yeah yes. we have to really go through this so Voldemort has some sort of misunderstanding that you need to kill the wand's last owner in order to get the wand to obey you when literally all you need to do is cast expelliarmus like a second yeah, year spell but to be fair that misunderstanding is supported by the version of the story that Hermione read in which she says that the first owner of the Elder Wand yeah. bragged about it. And so a wizard came and slit his throat yes. during the night and told, so stole he the Elder Wand. Snape's which if throat. that's true, that guy would have never been the owner of the Elder Wand. And like the ownership would have stopped right at the beginning, apparently. You just need to disarm the owner of it. You don't even need to disarm the Elder Wand. Because Harry became the owner of the Elder Wand by disarming Malfoy, who didn't even have the Elder Wand. Wand loyalty must be switching constantly because they're always expelliarmusing each other. (laughs) Yeah, Because they also mentioned that Malfoy's wand's allegiance has changed. And I was like, so yeah, does every wand just like as soon as someone uses expelliarmus, they're like, cool, this person's better. Even though Voldemort is completely mistaken about everything, you would think he would want to make sure that That he's the one who kills Snape. Snape. Instead, he just slashes his throat, has Nagini attack Snape, but not kill him, and then leaves. And then leaves. Doesn't even make sure that he dies. He's like, let's go, 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 go. We we gotta go. (laughs) We might get arrested. We just murdered someone, Nagini. What do we do? (laughs) No. In Snape's dying moment, he gets to stare at his own son and cry. Dude, <laughs> stare it's so into sad. Lily's eyes, I guess. His even last though, yeah, words yeah. to Daniel his Radcliffe son. Daniel Radcliffe does not have green eyes. 
So then we get the Snape flashback, which I think is going to take up the bulk of the rest of this, I would say. Dude, so I have let's like get two into pages it. of notes on this. So uh, James and Sirius knock the books out of Lily's hands and Snape helps her pick them up. Um, but for some reason, this just makes Lily like James. Yeah, she's like, oh, I, <laughs> I love the way you knocked my books In the books, books she didn't like James for a really long time. And then he eventually, I think, he put like, the won Imperius a bet or something and got her to go on a date with him. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> While this happens, we hear Snape's voice saying, you're just like your father, lazy, yeah. arrogant. Probably because he's thinking if he had been less lazy and arrogant, Lily would have fallen for him instead of James. I also love that Snape hasn't changed his hairstyle in the past 40 years. No, no, no. <laughs> he picked one and he just rocked it forever. He's like, this is my hair. Very old Dumbledore and Snape talk to each other, even though it was like 20 years ago. So <laughs> I love their conversation where he's like, yes. Dumbledore is just so pissed at Snape. He's, Snape's like, don't kill me. And Dumbledore's like, you idiot. The prophecy spoke of a boy born at the end of July. And Snape's like, yes, but he thinks it's her son, meaning also my son. So he's like, hide them, hide them all. I beg of you and Dumbledore's like what will you give me in exchange what will you give me <laughs> and Snape's like anything He's like, I'm asking you to save two people who are your students who you know and presumably like because Voldemort mm -hmm. is going to kill him his response is what will you give me so evil Next scene in this memory is Snape saying, you said you would keep her safe. And then Dumbledore brushes yeah. it off by saying, Lily and James put their faith in the wrong person, Severus. Rather like you. Yeah, <laughs> such an evil survives. line. So yeah, he's like, you shouldn't have trusted me Don't anyway. What's wrong with you? And then he's like, you made an unbreakable vow with me for nothing. And then he's like, maybe you'll be happy that at least their kid's alive. Like, sure. <laughs> there you go. And yeah. then Snape's like, but here. Dumbledore is coercing Snape to keep doing everything he says because then Snape's like, I don't care that the boy's alive. He doesn't need protection. The Dark Lord is gone. It's and Dumbledore, yep. with no evidence of this, Dumbledore literally does not even believe this at this point. He says... The Dark Lord the will, Dark return. will return. And when he does, the boy will be in terrible danger. He, and then he plays Snape's emotions like a violin saying, he has her eyes. <laughs> like, he, he, he has no reason to believe Voldemort will come back. There's no reason that he would think that. He's literally just like trying to keep Snape under his thumb. And then he further presses Snape being like, you know, if you truly loved her, you'd right. do what I say forever. <laughs> well, I, also, I think that perhaps a, a, an alternate interpretation of this is that Dumbledore's starting to figure out that maybe Snape is the father because he mentions Harry's genetics saying he has her eyes but wait a minute if you truly loved her and Snape cuts him off saying no mm. one can know uh -oh. <laughs> no one can know <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> yeah no the next thing he says that I should never reveal the best of you Severus and Snape says your word and yeah, I think I think he's saying the best of you being Harry. Harry is. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. A lot of people consider their son or their daughter like this is the best of me, the best thing I've ever done. Right. And so, yeah, I'll never <laughs> reveal the best of you. You're, you're a wonderful son. No. <laughs> Dumbledore maybe is trying to get Snape to come clean because he says there will come a time when Harry Potter must be told something, but you must wait <laughs> to tell him that you're his father. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> Until Voldemort except is then, at his most vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> except then he just establishes what he actually right, needs right. to tell him is that he's going to die. And that's when Snape says, you've kept him alive so he can die at the proper moment. You've oh, been raising gosh. him like a pig for the slaughter. You certainly Don't have. Don't tell me now that you've grown to care for the boy. He's right. so evil. He's talking like a, like a freaking <laughs> Bond villain. Like, <laughs> villain yeah. Don't tell me now that you've come to care for this whelp. <laughs> like, <laughs> Snape says expecto patronum and summons his doe and it goes around the room. Right, so he's and finally Dumbledore admitting says, Lily, it. After all this time, and Snape says always. always. And I just wanted to make the point that uh, some people are like, oh, well, Snape clearly wasn't the right match for Lily because his is a doe like hers, whereas uh, she married James, who has a stag. But that argument doesn't really hold water because specifically when Tonks uh, falls in love with Lupin, Snape makes fun of her because her Patronus has changed. <laughs> and her Patronus changed to be a wolf like Lupin Whoa. because she had fallen in love with Lupin. So so like, so yeah, that's like, we'll love have the same Patronus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, all the more reason that people who are in love tend to have the same Patronus. There you go. All right. Or can. But he's admitting that he's Harry's father because this is all in response to don't tell me you've come to care for the boy. Yes. What else is it supposed to mean that he's like no, summoning this, this a doe? Ha- this couldn't mean anything <laughs> else. It's literally just him being like, why do you think I care for him? He's my son. <laughs> like, look I at my I think people Petronus. interpret it as him saying he's still in love with Lily and like this is Lily's son. So I'm going to protect well, him. I mean, yeah, we know how people interpret it. <laughs> I know, but you're saying there's no other way to interpret there's it. There's no like, other way yes, to interpret is. it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about, Rita? No other way. No, no. But then Dumbledore stares. In awe at the dough and says, yeah. Lily, Lily, after all this time, after he's like, wait, time. whoa, I was just, just teasing you before. You really had a kid with Lily and she's married to yeah. James? Whoa, dude. He's like, after all this time with James, James didn't know. <laughs> so Harry is going to sacrifice himself after this flashback to take down Voldemort. So here's my theory about the Resurrection Stone and why Dumbledore gave it to him. We know that Dumbledore prepared this, right? And that he specifically prepared it for the moment in which Harry was going to go let himself die. And so presumably he gave it to him to give him the strength to go through with it. And that's exactly what every single person who's there does. Every single person who he summons up, which is all the people he loves. He sees his mother, his father, Sirius, and Lupin, I think, are the four. Um, And they all tell him, like, you can do this. You're so brave. Go on go ahead and die right so which is kind of real. a weird message <laughs> yes i think that this resurrection stone is not it's the fake. real resurrection stone i think it is something okay. that dumbledore prepared with a specific yeah. message to tell harry go and die I and mean, that, so that he would go Regulus. along with this plan that's pretty believable <laughs> yeah. i like that interpretation no i like that a lot i think it's a very good interpretation of this. if they are real ghosts there's a few weird things he asks sirius does it hurt dying and sirius replies quicker than falling asleep but i have to point out that sirius is not the best person to ask because his death was pretty weird well and also that doesn't reply whether it hurts or not that just says it's quick (laughs) but if they are real ghosts then there's a reason snape did not show up for this ghost moment it's because james and sirius and remus are there his bullies yeah i know he's He's like "Ah, and then he just noped out of there because he was like i don't want to be stuck with them in the afterlife (laughs) getting bullied also it's like awkward because james and lily are there and harry (laughs) i think that uh going along with my theory it's easier to say that dumbledore didn't realize that snape was gonna reveal all this and show harry that he was his father and so he just didn't think he needed to include him anyway but The most important thing about the scene, Harry asks his mother to stay close to him and she replies, always. Always. 
Why would they have her say the exact same thing that Snape just said? The thing that refers to the love between Snape and Lily. That's what always means. They're hinting again (laughs) that Snape and Lily stayed close. (laughs) Yeah. And they had a baby and his name was Harry. (laughs) There you go. He goes to meet Voldemort and to meet his fate. And this, some people might say, is the biggest stumbling block for the Hagrid is evil theory because (laughs) they've got him all tied up right there. Like, why would they tie up their friend Hagrid? But it's just like randomly. He's like, we don't even see him at first. And then it's just like shows a shot of him. It is pretty random, isn't it? And you might think this is bad for Hagrid because, you know, the Death Eater just tied him up. They must not like him. Wait a minute. Everyone knows that Hagrid is Harry's best friend and the Death Eaters want to kill all of Harry's friends. They don't want to catch them. They want them Why dead. Kill them? The only person they want to catch is Harry. I think that Voldemort wants to use Hagrid as like one last ditch effort to control Harry if everything goes wrong and if Harry like arrives with reinforcements. He's going to say, ah, 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 you can't fight me because I've got your best friend Hagrid and I'll kill him if you want to fight me. Right. And I think Hagrid's like, yeah, sure, boss. Let's go. Let's do that. I also just had a theory about Hagrid's one line right there, which is, Harry, no, what are you doing here? And my theory is that he's not saying that because he doesn't want Harry to die. He's saying it because he happens to know Dumbledore's plan because he was always a good friend of Dumbledore. Yep, And he knew that Harry giving himself up to get killed yep, would, would end Voldemort. That's how Voldemort dies. And so he's like, get out of here. I've been on Voldemort's side this whole time. Like, I don't want you to die. I want this guy to succeed. Ah. <laughs> so... Harry ends up in heaven, which is platform nine and three quarters. I forgot to mention, I totally got like up close and personal with that tiny, gross, twitching uh, Voldemort fetus that Harry found in heaven. It's totally real. That's a practical oh, effect. It's in That's a little so cool. animatronic Voldemort. Just, just ignore great. that, though. You know, you're, you're supposed to ignore that. Yeah, no, don't. don't worry yeah, about let's it. go away from that and sit on a different bench. <laughs> We're not going to stay near that. Pretty weird. <laughs> Dumbledore amends his original statement, help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who deserve it. Adding sort of a weird like guilt thing, like you need to earn it from him (laughs) to get help. (laughs) And then, okay, best line. Yep. Professor, my mother's Patronus was a doe, wasn't it? That's the same as Professor Snape's. It's curious, don't you think? Actually, Actually, if I I think think about it. Doesn't, doesn't seem, seem curious, curious at, at all. all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, seriously, why is this here? This is why the line is that, that confused everyone who thought that Snape was his father, which <laughs> yep. may not have been that many people, but there were certainly a few. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I went to see this movie with uh, my wife's family, we came out of the theater and my wife's sister was like, wait a minute, so... Snape is Harry's father? <laughs> like, she was very confused by it and thought that that was the point of the movie. <laughs> like, I mean, if you think about it, it's not really curious at all. No, like, why Snape is they have father. that here? You know, you don't have to believe this theory. That's fine. But anyone listening yeah. to this, I dare you to go back and watch this movie, specifically watch Snape's death, Snape's memories, and the, you know, the scene in heaven talking to Dumbledore and just. Just entertain the idea that Snape might be Harry's father, and you will find yourself believing it 100%. So, after this sequence, Harry's just not dead, and Narcissa checks Harry and says he is dead, which is a good scene. I, I like Nar- yeah. I like the Malfoys. They're great. I thought it was weird um, that she even, like, thought to talk to this dead body. She's like, he's the boy who lived. That's his whole thing. That's <laughs> what he does. It's true. Also, I would say that later on, Hagrid is like, he's got these, like, bunches of ropes around his neck and he's carrying Harry and he's just like pulling along these Death Eaters behind him. It's so hard like he's a slave. I would say that maybe this is like 
the stone of triumph in the Simpsons and the stone Whoa, of Christ. It's an honor. <laughs> ah, I mean, yes. it's an honor. He gets to her- carry Harry's body. Like, He's not a prisoner. Thing. He's being honored. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Draco has to think about it for a long time before he runs to his parents' Well, side. he's not going to. And then he his runs dad to says Draco and he doesn't come. And then finally his mom says Draco and he does come. So he completed his arc. He doesn't have to do what his dad says anymore. There's like a, a myth, like an urban legend that the entire scene with Draco getting hugged by Voldemort was not was planned. Not scripted. And that Voldemort's <laughs> actor just decided to do it. And everyone just stood around awkwardly because they're like, why? You're not supposed to be doing this. That's weird. And that's why Draco looks incredibly uncomfortable. He's getting <laughs> hugged. Then they have a big fight. The Malfoys escape. Voldemort has tentacle robe powers. <laughs> Yeah, what, like, what, what spell is he using? Tentacle robe spell. (laughs) I just can't stand that Molly gets to kill Bellatrix. Bellatrix. That's like the worst scene in this movie. It could have been Hermione or Neville. And also she kills her with like a weird disintegration spell we've never seen before. I think it's the same spell that Ginny used on that one um, dummy. (laughs) It's just a Weasley family special. (laughs) Harry... And Tom Riddle. They have the most beautiful moment. Let's finish this the way we started it. Together. In the middle of a conversation. It doesn't fit with what they're saying and it doesn't help the fight. (laughs) I always loved the way Harry calls him Tom. Because it's like, there's such a familiarity between them all of a sudden. He's (laughs) not afraid of him at all. He sees him as a total equal. And they're just going to finish it together. Neville kills Nagini, and I don't know what Harry does, but Voldemort dies. I think he just died because Nagini died. Yeah, I don't think it's anything to do with I don't think Harry. it's true in the books. I think in the no. books, he, he actually something But in this, that would confirm that Neville was actually the chosen one. Right. In this, it does. <laughs> but in the books, he killed Nagini, and then they killed Voldemort. This is the only point in the books where Hagrid actually starts to fight Death Eaters. Never before... In any of the books, has Hagrid ever fought a Death Eater? And it's only, finally, literally at the point where every Horcrux is dead and Voldemort is mortal. And then he finally decides, okay, I will fight Death Eaters. I know that Voldemort's going to lose. I'm going to join the good side, you know, to kind of save my own butt. And who does he pick to fight? He picks Walden McNair. Walden McNair is a Death Eater who you wouldn't know it, but he was actually the executioner who they sent to kill Buckbeak. So this is a man who Hagrid has a personal grudge against, a personal vendetta against. And he's like, well, as long as I got to kill my friends, I I might as well kill this one. (laughs) After the big battle, I like how there's a shot of Ginny and Molly sitting together. Molly is leaning on Ginny's shoulder with the happiest smile on her face, whereas Ginny is staring forward with like a thousand yard stare, just like horrified at everything she's with. (laughs) It's a good shot. (laughs) I mean, Molly's happy because she just killed Bellatrix. I got to kill someone. That's fun. I've always wanted to. Harry hugs Hagrid and then they pull away. Hagrid just kind of stares at him with almost a disappointed expression for a moment before walking away without a word. Darn it, all that work and you killed Voldemort. <laughs> this is how really? it <laughs> Guess back to being the groundskeeper. <laughs> at this part, Hermione and Ron come in holding hands. Now, look at Hermione's face here. She looks down at their hands and then she gets a weird half smile on her face, almost like Half of her face is trying to smile, and the other half is trying really hard not, not to, to smile. scream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's like someone's forcing her to smile. I don't know. 
They talk about the Elder One, and Ron really wants to be invincible without Elder One. He really wants that power over people, but Harry breaks it. And he, not only that, but he instantly, what should we do with it? And then Hermione's the one to say, we? Like, the fact that Harry has it, he's like, I'm involved in this too, right? Like, we're basically <laughs> Yeah, this is mine. My, my, my <laughs> one. Harry, Harry, Harry together. the same. <laughs> this is one of the biggest evidences for the, the Imperius theory. After he breaks the wand, Hermione comes up to him and grabs his hand and just admires him for a moment without looking away. Then Ron comes up, and she takes his hand as well, and then her face completely changes. <laughs> like, she looks down, suddenly lost in thought, then she blankly looks forward, as if she's just like, I don't know, being imperious or something? Wow. Like, she's super happy when she holds Harry's. Like, watch that scene again. It's pretty cool. <laughs> she's like, Harry! And then Ron, and she's like, oh. Yes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so 19 years later, they got to work having kids really fast. Yes. Harry named his son Severus. I mean, it's yeah, his middle name. Severus. Okay. Yes, <laughs> Albus Severus agree, Potter. Here's the problem. So why did he name his first son James Sirius Potter and not Severus? He's confused. He has two fathers. You know, mm. if you think about it, it's not that curious at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just feel kind of bad for Ginny in this situation. Couldn't he have they named one kid like George, <laughs> you know, you don't, need, don't feel bad for Ginny. She put a love potion on him. Yeah. You're well, right. also they named their daughter Lily Luna, and I was like, you couldn't think Ugh, of a more meaningful Luna. middle name than Luna. <laughs> like Luna. Yeah. You didn't marry Luna, Harry. I know. <laughs> but he wanted yeah. to. So yeah, that's more evidence <laughs> for that love potion theory. So, but also in this scene, Hermione is just overjoyed and happy to be sending her kids away from school. She's you know she's hugging them and everything. Look at Ron. Ron is just like. This fat guy who stands there with no expression on his face. It's like guilt has eaten away at him over the past 19 years, knowing that he's living a lie, that his wife his doesn't wife actually doesn't love, love him. His kids don't only, care about him. He's imperious in curse. The final shot of this film, Harry and Hermione, front and center. Harry and Hermione together. And then on either side of them are their respective spouses, but they're kind of in the background. So, you know. Well, I mean, <laughs> they are still standing next to their spouses. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had to have the trio in the final shot. But I, I think it's telling us that Harry and Hermione may have decided to live like Lily and Snape. Like Ooh. maybe they can't actually be together, but they are together, you know? Oh. The entire message of Harry Potter is adultery. Always. <laughs> Always. <laughs> wow, what an uplifting note to end our 20-year anniversary um, honorary podcast. And, and, and that's, and that's our that. message to you, dear that's viewers. Always commit adultery. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's we Harry Potter's Harry message. Potter. It doesn't have to be our message. Whoa. All right, Frida. <laughs> You, you're the judge here. You started this out with a summary. Now you finish it off with your verdict. Do you believe that Snape is Harry's father? I, you know, you guys said it's incontrovertible. You can't even argue it. We did say that. You're right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that the Snape is uh, Harry's father theory uh, really does add an interesting aspect to the relationship, and it's fun to think about. I do think it's kind of sweet, though, to think of him as just protective, like just a nice, well, not nice, just a teacher who is trying to take <laughs> care of the student. Teacher. Do you believe that Dumbledore was a dark wizard just thirsting after power and madly doing anything and everything that came into his mind at any given moment to get power? I mean, absolutely. Like every person who was like Dumbledore's age and actually knew him 
said so was just like he's a they horrible person. They have nothing person. but bad things to say about him. They're like, stay away from him. Yeah. You don't know him at all. He's insane. Let's yeah. write an expose about him. And then all the people who were loyal to Dumbledore were people who like went to his school. He like groomed them to be mm-hmm. his sycophants. And when Rita Skeeter interviewed that snake that was transfigured into Bathilda Bagshot, she had nothing but bad things to say about Dumbledore. <laughs> That's right. Yep. I think maybe and I mean, Rita if, talked before That was pretty snake cool that there. that snake was saying such mean things about <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> Oh, what great information. Okay. Uh, do you believe that Hagrid was a Death Eater, was working with them? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, there are some moments, especially in the movies, that just you really can't explain any other way. <laughs> and it's like, why, like, why were the why were the Acromantulas so ready to work with Voldemort, if not no for reason. Hagrid, you know? And last but not least, do you think that Ron Weasley had it in him to really imperious curse Hermione of and control her? Of course he did. <laughs> he's a horrible <laughs> yeah. person and he's shown like every ability to do so. And Hermione has never seemed like she really likes him. So, yeah, I think we proved all of our theories. Five for five. as We always are. <laughs> you heard it here, people, from an unbiased observer. Totally <laughs> These unbiased. theories are true. I definitely wasn't <laughs> arguing for them most of the time. <laughs> no, 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 no. You were just listening. Everybody rewatch the movies and you'll see it for yourself. And, you know, it's been 20 years. Maybe you've had some time to get used to them and they feel a little old. These theories can give a new spin on them. You can have a new way of thinking about them. So, yeah, go watch the movies and listen and think about it. Happy anniversary to the Harry Potter movie. But not to married couples because this movie no, believes in adultery. No, cheat on your partner. <laughs> cheat. <laughs> if you like our podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and you can follow us or even talk to us on Twitter at Popcorn Isn't Real. And remember, the, the popcorn... popcorn isn't real.